Hi, this is Deep, a podcast where you listen to us learning to listen to each other. Nailed it. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> well done. Okay. Touche. Touche. Well done. Okay. I am Matt. And I'm Josh. Welcome, Welcome to, Deep. to Deep. And don't forget, if you are so inclined to do so, comment for any reason, whether that be a lovely comment about how wonderful the podcast is and how much it enhances your life, or just simply to suggest something you would like us to talk about. And hopefully nothing too detrimental about our lives and podcasts. Yeah, don't slag us off, please. No, it'll make us very sad. Uh, in which case, we have an email address which you can send us an email to, which is jandmdeep.podcast at gmail.com, which is jandmdeep.podcast at gmail.com. Slag's not a nice word to use. I regret using that. So just to have that on the record. Okay. I feel like it has misogynistic tones or, you know, negativity associated to female, which that's a problem. But anyway, um, nice to see you. It's nice been, to see you. It's been a while since we met up for a podcast, actually, hasn't it? It's, yes. The weather has shifted from being warm and sunny last time to... Being rather miserable last night, some unholy seven degrees or some whatever <laughs> horrible temperature it was, and rain. And rain. Wet, I, I forgot that happened. Yeah. I heard apparently while we had a very nice dry summer... Iceland had a very wet summer, the wettest like on record. They had like three days of non-rain, like since April. Yeah. So maybe we were lucky. Sad times for Iceland. Well, or the whole world, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I expect we'll compliment by getting the coldest winter on record and several of freeze to death. So we'll balance out somewhere down there. Well, that happens even on the more milder yeah, winters, yeah. doesn't it? In this country, yeah. we seem to have people freezing to death. Mm. But anyway. Anyway. Anything to report, Matt? Uh, yeah, I, well, we have several things to report. The thing that I'm going to start reporting, which I we've talked a little bit about, and I don't want to say this in a, a downer way, I just want to bring it out because I think it's one of those things that it's a good thing to have on record. Basically, what I've discovered in the time since we last met, which I discovered last week, is that I'm going to make it redundant in the very near future from my job. Now, just to clarify, and not to make me a special case or to validate me as a person but more just to let people know that I'm a human being in this position where lots of other human beings could quite easily be this isn't a redundancy because of poor performance or anything like that. it's just purely I'm in a situation where unfortunately I work for a company that can in the very near future no longer to employ me and I say I say that just because it's something that could happen to anybody and it's one of those situations where I have often wondered what that feeling would be like, and now I know. <laughs> so it's one of those situations. And I mentioned it because it's, it's something that's brought around a change. It's something that's made me realise that as the clock ticks away towards the end of this employment, it will bring uh, a more frustrating and immediate change. And also it's made me very aware of, of how I behave towards it. So it's one of those situations where often you can be in a situation like this and it makes you feel as though you've put so much into the world or into this situation. How can people not have enough to pay you back for the work you've put in now? And so it brings to the surface poisonous thoughts almost. It's almost like, the, it's like you've been bitten by a snake and the poison is coming out. And so I'm trying to treat this in a way to let the poison come out rather than let it fester and explain like how big the snake was and why I couldn't escape the snake. I've got to, I've got to ride this out in a different way to, like, to know that there's a poison there and I've got to let the poison 
come out or find a medication for the poison to help it ease its way out so I can continue with my life. But also it's made me really question, which Josh knows that I've been questioning over the last several years about, about my place in the world and what I do. It's really made me question what my next step is. For example, I currently work in landscaping, uh, gardening, supply on the supply side, predominantly for the last number of years until I just changed up to this one. I've worked on supplying plants to landscapers and designers. And even with that situation, there's something that I was so passionate about before my previous job, but that ended in calamity. This, it, it feels very much like it's a cutoff point, as though I now know almost categorically that I am now done with that industry. I now know that I've checked that off and that it's it feels, instead of feeling to myself, ah, I have no job, I actually feel as though I've got an end in sight for set for 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 this the the, the any animosity this has this has caused me, any grief I've encountered in in this industry or any hard work I put in has kind of like has paid off in so much as it's allowed me to move on to something else, and so I'm just trying to look at it that way. And I to be fair, I did write down lots lots of thoughts about this. And which I would look at and read now, but I don't want to go on for hours and hours about it. And I don't want it to make it's because hopefully Josh has gauged from speaking to me for the last very intense two hours of my life. And even last night we caught up briefly just because we hadn't seen each other for a couple of months, like Josh has suggested. Uh, I'm very conscious that, well, no, I, I genuinely, that's how I feel. So I'm quite happy to convey that. But that is one of the major changes. In the past, I think I've largely behaved in a way that is being very clever at noticing people's behaviours around me. And that kind of situation, and I should elaborate on that more, but I'm not going to because I don't want this to go on for ages. And because I've been very good at noticing how things fit together in systems, that's played very well into my workplace environment. It's allowed me to survive mentally as well as survive people to want to pay me for doing that. But more so mentally, the fact that I could keep on doing that in a thing, even though it wasn't really what made my... What, what the oil that kept my life burning but it's one of those situations where that is one of the major changes and the idea that I can meet Josh and be happy with life and be prepared to move on over the fear of the fact that in now three weeks and tick 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 counting I could have no income it's a it, I feel still at the happiest I've ever been in my entire life in spite of it. And, I, and that's what I wanted. I'd be very conscious to make sure that I continue to bring that to the table with us the last few hours, partly because we haven't seen each other, and partly because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who's like, me, me. Anyway, enough said about that. No, that's good. I think um, I think it's good to spend like, a, just like, like you did, like a little bit of time talking about it because like, I, I don't think anyone could listen and say that it's not a significant thing. It's not just like a, a passing thought or like a, a you know a, a piece of art you saw or a book you read or like a, you know a fun experience you had it's it is actually significant like whether we like it or not I think for the vast majority of people jobs are a really significant thing in their life mm. um, certainly in terms of the amount of time we spend doing it but also our dependence on on the job and the security or perceived security that it gives us um, but just, yeah, I think you did right to articulate it like you did and sort of say how you feel. It's quite nice to hear how someone really feels about quite an... Well, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's maybe, I don't know, it's definitely like 
hopefully you won't perceive it as bad as like losing a hand, although I can definitely imagine that there are many, many people mm. who will be in jobs where they would rather lose a hand than lose their job. So it is a significant, potentially significant wound. And I just, I think it's nice to hear the honesty of like actually how it makes you feel rather than being like, yeah, well, I'm just going to man up and uh, deal with it, which would obviously be terrible. Like it would be so insensitive and untrue. So it's nice to just hear like you sort of using words and creating imagery to like try and convey how it makes you feel inside. So yeah, I'm glad you did that, mate. Cool. And just to add to that, partly because I'm aware that very often I sit and listen to you and then we talk the next thing and I'm bad at notating things and giving you comment when you're so good at doing that in reverse. Just to say that in terms of like losing the hand situation, you're right. But funnily enough, when I had to tell Hands my... Hands might have been modest. I should have well, said limbs. Well, yeah, really, anything, yeah. Yeah, any, any part, you know. But when I had to tell my parents, which as you can imagine, was one of those ridiculous scenarios where you're telling somebody you've kind of failed at life in yeah. some respects. And I, that's maybe making it too big of it, too small of it. It, it, it. If they love me in the way I hope they do, then it probably is making too big of it. And they probably don't feel that way at all. But that's how it feels to say that. So in some, but then I, I did clearly say to my mother that when she sort of looked at me in horror, as if to say, like, like, how big is the hole you're about to fall into? I did point out to her that right now I'm so much better equipped to deal with this. If this had happened to me two years ago, it would have been like losing a hand, and I would have lost my proverbial whatever. So there's that, and the other thing to say as well is that. In terms of the uh, the burden it puts upon you, the odd thing I thought to myself the other day was, I remember when I got a mortgage and how excited I said I was to tell you about my mortgage and how freeing I found the mortgage in my life. That has now swung back massively to be the one thing where I'm thinking like... <laughs> the style that, you have to carry. Yeah, yeah, so now it's gone from being this amazingly freeing thing because it was my mortgage... I don't know, it freed me because I felt like I owned something that I could put things down and come back to it was the main reason rather than having somewhere, which you could do that in any house, but because it's somebody else's house, it doesn't. It, you feel like you need to take more with you when you can't go away because it's not there when you come back situation. So it, it's that. So that's swung back. Anyway, that, that's, that's all I need to say about it, but yes. But I was just, I mean, in, in a very quick and brief defence of the mortgage, not that you need it, but just for the listeners, like I would point out that regardless of whether you have a job or not, like, you would still want a roof over your head. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. whether you're paying mortgage or rent, yeah. you know. That's right. If you're lucky enough to be able to do that, both of those things. Yeah, and I suppose the, the final thing to say on that is that point that for anybody listening as well is that we are aware that regardless of me having no job in three weeks ever, I'm still very much more fortunate than, than several millions of people in this world. So I am aware of that situation too and try to carry that with me daily too. So I'm aware of these situations. And really it's a, it's, it's a semi-woe-is-me moment for, for, the, uh, for the middle class man who lives in a, in a, in a fairly calm country. So maybe, maybe it's nothing and everything at the same time. Who knows? Anyway, should we move on? Yeah. Um, I, I went to Paris since I last saw you with, with my girlfriend. It was lovely. Um, yeah, I've been to Paris before. I quite like it. I think a lot of people think it's dirty or, I don't know, maybe it's too, like, uh, too obvious a destination as well. Maybe, like, some would say it's too touristy, but just personally, mm. I, I really like it. I find it's an, a good place for tourism in the sense there is a lot of interesting stuff to see and a lot of the areas are 
really busy with tourists and you know a lot of the restaurants are not really that good because it's really touristy but if you ignore that the actual environment to be in it still feels like a pretty exciting place if you go to the right areas and the history of it is like this was a place that has been really exciting throughout history even mm. if it has been like you know assimilated into like a sort of more homogenous mm. western world capitals yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Had a nice time. It I think was cool. it does still stand out though in the world. I think generally speaking, there, like you said, I think part of the reason why it has this perception of being dirty from people is that it's that the the larger percentage of perception from people because it maybe isn't as if you compared it to say New York or London, it's maybe not as street swept clean. It's maybe got a slightly more bohemian and it's slightly more ramshackledly put together. So there maybe isn't. I don't know, there's something about it with that too. But then I think that does still, although the modern world does put a, does take the edge off some of these things, but it is also out there, it is still a fairly bohemian place and the, some of the French cultures and the way it is still seeps through and people still relish like in the way you did to go to somewhere like that because it does feel a slightly less westernised version, if that's a good way to say it. Yeah, of, and, of and also just that like... Live. You know, there, there is no doubt that in, in many respects, Paris, like London and like New York, is a corpse. Like, is is a corpse that is like b- having a, a caricature and a stereotype made of it. But at the same time, beneath that corpse, there is very much a heart beating that is providing life force to various areas throughout the city and, and the city as a whole. But, you know, there is like, there are different ways to view any place, mm. whether you view it in a historical context or like a uh, like a, a travel book context or whether you view it as the the people you see there and the, and the, like the street artists and mm. but, but yeah plus it's, it's, a, cool. it's a it's a place that in the destination everyone around the world would aspire to be there it's still in the top five i don't know exactly top five top ten of destination of, of world cities so you know people know new york's london's berlin and Paris too, for that, for that reason. So it still shines out into the world as somewhere people would aspire to be at some point off for an amount of time. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I would definitely endorse it. Excellent. Paris is good. Okay. Excellent. Hope you read on TripAdvisor. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Right. <laughs> Who, who's, whose turn is it for the hat? Uh, it's going to be your turn because oh. I feel that way out. Thanks. I was hoping it'd be my turn. Good. Okay. I've got one. It's one of yours, so I'll pass it Ooh, over hello. to you. Having, okay, having yeah. To think no, about yeah, it. just briefly. Well, it's it's fairly straightforward. It's I, I don't. I have a feeling. Well, I know what it is. I know that we've touched on elements of this before, but it's obviously something that I felt that needed to be part of it. It's and it's yeah. Let's let's anyway. So the, stating the, the topic the sta- for the record. The topic is. The more I clear out, I think this will never be enough. So that was in reference to me having, uh, and not related to the aforementioned tragedies of my current life, in the summertime when I was having a, a, a just a rethink and evaluate of where I was in a, as a, a late spring clean, I cleared a massive amount of stuff out of my life, just stuff. I'm, I'm very aware that I live in a, in a two-person flat as a one-person and some, I've said to Josh in the past that sometimes I think to myself, am I living in somewhere unnecessarily big for me? And that that at the time fed through to me and then fed through to me to make me realise how much stuff I had that I just didn't need. 
I mean, I suppose some of it's been provoked a little bit by something else we've talked about on the podcast, things like the advent of being able to listen to music on the cloud has made me think to myself, uh, do I need the, the burden of a CD collection because music's there available to me? However, obviously, there's the element of, which we won't go into now, supporting artists, so obviously everything has its place. But ultimately, it just led me into the idea of the, the freedom, like the, say the importance of having a roof over my head, which we stated earlier in this podcast, but at the same time, the idea that just just that I had stuff. And whilst you need, it's good to have some stuff to create memory, and even some stuff as as metaphorical posters around your house to reminders of whether that's a book of somebody important or some it's good to have all those things around you and partly for you or partly to be able for other people to 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 be able to wear your heart on your sleeves so if people walk in it just says a little bit more about you to make to mark your place but ultimately just too much stuff just yeah. too many books that i've read that i'm never going to read again just almost like so it's it's more than shit wearing your heart on your sleeve it's just like look i've read a thousand books Look, I have a thousand posters. Look, I have a thousand things collecting dust. I have, look, I have to spend an entire Saturday hoovering the bookshelf because there's so much dust in all of the books. And so it, it leads again into that thing where, where you spend the time you're spending sometimes maintaining, cleaning the museum of your life. You could be spending other things. So I just, it just, it, but, but like I say, the more, the, going back to the question, so I got rid of stuff. It was a huge uplifting experience for me. It removed a huge amount of burden I felt like I'd got rid of stuff that I hadn't done and also took it to a charity shop so I felt like it was causing some good in so much as people can buy cheaper stuff. There's some money going back into the charity shop. You haven't had to spend hours and hours and selling it for, for the pittance you're going to get for it because what's the point? It's better just being put into the world just kind of giving a few things away, giving a few gifts as it were to the world for somebody else to make some money off and not I'm saying that in a kind of like Robin Hood way. All those things, but they just made me feel so much freer. But then of course once that had happened, I now have been in a position where Every week, I stop and look around myself and have I accumulated something extra this week? And if I have, something else needs to go. Yeah, I think. Something else needs to go. If I buy a pair of shoes, did I need the other pair of shoes? They need to go. If I've been whatever, and I'm just looking around me and just realising that I'm, I'm accumulating stuff. It, it, and then is the stuff, like, yeah, all that kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I would definitely agree that simply like everyone who I've ever met has had far too much stuff, like far too many possessions. And and I think there is an element of, you know, we've sort of been sold a, a myth since the 60s that we need possessions which express our personality, which sort of show unique aspects of ourselves and our authentic selves. Um, and I'm so. I mean, I guess looking around your house, I definitely wouldn't see anything wrong with it. It's quite a nice, full house with like a lot of interesting stuff on the walls. Whereas when I look around my own house, sometimes I look at it and think, "Oh, my walls are a little, a little bare. Like they're a little bare." And I think there's probably like a middle ground where you do want to possessions can allow you to explore and investigate yourself as well as convey aspects of your personality but but we don't want to become too dependent on those or just 
deny the fact that yes we might have these possessions these posters these pictures this particular type of teapot this coffee machine this smoothie maker like you know i'm listening to things we both have flat. yeah it, it does make it easier but i also have all that stuff um yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't as does everyone listening said, to this said, as well i said, like, I, said I got rid of stuff it doesn't sound like i have at all don't name anything else <laughs> water flask now water flask is good but um i also have one of those two of those actually Free, free, actually, at least. But, um, but, but yeah, we don't. I think we, we can't deny that although some of that stuff does convey our our natures, our aspects of ourselves, we can't deny that it is also just that we love buying stuff and we're addicted to buying things, to to rewarding ourselves for working hard and for surviving austerity with buying ourselves treats like it's continuously Christmas because we must be able to somehow reward ourselves for our hard work and our sacrifices like and I just think that is an unhealthy feeling and I think deeper down that's what drives a lot of people's accumulation of stuff and I'm not saying all stuff is bad at all like but I just think I think generally everyone has too much so rather than like defending consumerism it's probably something that wants to be highlighted as a moderation could be applied to our consumption of things. Um, and like you said, it is in itself, it's a liberating feeling, so liberating that it's very easy to put in a bag together for charity of you know, T-shirts that you haven't worn for five years and it's very easy to get rid of. It's very easy to do that. And then all of a sudden in the back of your mind have a feeling of, I could, I could sell my house and just try like living on the streets for a bit in the summer because it'd be so great to be free and that's not to like undermine or promote that idea but simply to say that in the slight act of giving like away a tiny bit we're so unused to like reducing our consumption that it's almost like an overwhelming feeling that we suddenly go imagine imagine as a completely normal person having something that you could only describe as a religious experience and let's say like it was just a five second experience where you had a mini stroke and that's what happened. But if you'd never had that feeling before, even though it would only be a tiny dose of this religious experience I'm doing in inverted commas, it might be enough to make a person go, I'm going to become a monk for the rest of my life because I'm so unfamiliar with this experience. I'm unable to recognize that this is a small aspect of it and I don't need to commit myself wholly to the program of reducing all my possessions and becoming uh, you know, a possessionless Buddhist monk. But it's just that's how unfamiliar we are with it that we can't even distinguish the gradients between where we are and that other extreme which is you know it's just another extreme it's another end point why would we so why do we so keen to wholly dedicate ourselves to like extremes and absolutes when it seems that moderation is better a lot of the time Mm. well done well like i said i got Um, got it out that was good that was really good Uh, well just to come back at you with some of that information and to back up some what you're saying and to also just add some bits to it you're right. I mean, the thing with relating to the conversation, but you, you're right. I think I think we, as a society, sometimes are so uh, we're looking for a way to stand out from the crowd or to be in, to be the snowflake. And I think that is, like you say, it's very easy to. And I, and I do have to measure myself in that very way. I do sometimes latch onto those things, and I do think to myself, I do have to check myself a couple of days later and go, "Hang on a minute, is this your next little fad?" Do I, or but we're encouraged to yeah, do this. Of course, you know? we are, yeah, you know, yeah, advertising yeah. is designed to make us, yeah, you know, articulate because, ourselves well, in they, that way. They, and there, that's it. We're, we're we're supplying other people's livings. So if somebody's selling, that's their package that they sell. 
the package of the monk, obviously they want you to buy into that holy because oh holy, <laughs> sorry that was not intended <laughs> pun. Yeah, they want you to buy into that because that that means that they can live in the way that they so desire. Of course, which causes another animosity. We don't even need to go into that, that idea. But yeah, it's it, you're so right. So said it again. So the the idea that you're you so you buy into the the monk package that someone's selling. But then is the guy selling the monk package a monk or is he doing something else? Hmm. So like is he the, just motivated yeah, by he's just, he basically wants to, he wants a living. That, that is part of the problem that we, we're not going to work to work at what we want to do most of the time or desire to do. We're going to work for somebody else's desires. And sometimes those desires aren't even their real desires. They're just desires. They've just seen a way to, con- to, to live themselves. Yeah. And I've, I've suffered that. Not yeah, this so people last... can be disingenuous oh, with yeah, the people, package people they present. Often, they, yeah. they may endorse it. In, people in their often professional are, life, and yeah. not the last job, but the previous job to this one was definitely the case. I was working for somebody's ego for a gap that they saw in the market that didn't exist, and so I was working for something because they wanted that to make their mark in that way. And so you're in their their ballpark playing the game the way they want you to play for something that's not even genuine. Although I suppose I'd add with that, there's two ways that you could perceive the individual as acting. They could be acting under like false and cynical pretense with the sole aim of making a profit which is like the sort of option I highlighted previously but there also could be in defense yeah. of the person they they could just be like sort of taken in under an idea themselves you know yeah, they may not course. be like purely self motivating you know they they may not be completely aware of why they do things as probably none of us are completely aware yes. of why we do stuff very but. true so yeah but that's that's that so anyway to add to add to the bits to it uh the other thing, the other angle I was going to come out as well for this was you saying about the idea of you uh, put t-shirts you haven't worn for five years into a bag and take them to the cherry shop. Now, on one hand, that gives you the ability to completely free yourself to a point of then you want to go off and, and do as you so see fit to, to live amongst the, the trees. The other option that is often the case too, which I've suffered from in the past, is you empty the t-shirt drawer... Now there's room for new T-shirts. Yes, and round of course, we go of again. Course, yes. So you're just on the merry-go-round. You're absolutely. Merrily flinging things off. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so then, so then again, the systems you've bought yourself into this whole way of you know supporting the system. So it's now, but now you see the way this changes. You see, so the first time you bought into the monk package. So guy A is lifting on the monk package. You give your monk package away to charity, and now. The next guy is selling package you the, the package B. What's that going to be? I don't know. Is it going to be the, the left-wing package? Is it going to be the right-wing package? Is it going to be the psychotic package? And so, you know, the businessman package. Yeah, the biggest man package. So anyway, there's that going on. So there's that element to it too. Uh, I would also state, or like to say too, that the uh, lots of these things, these possessions and, and the uh, accumulation, as, we, as I previously called it, is our, our sort of personal museum, of things which it very much can become accumulating every book by somebody, etc., and all the dust collecting artifacts, is is the idea is kind of a precursor to the hard drive and the, and the cloud drive. It's like a it's like a physical hard and cloud drive. Absolutely. So I just I, this might be yeah, yeah. forgive me if I'm, I'm no, no. about to say what you're about to say, but it's the idea that yeah we just as we have all these like external collections of yeah. stuff i'm sure if we think about the things more, we have on the line yeah. we have like this huge storage this huge Which, list of bookmarks this huge storage of like photos and well, and things that we'll never look at just as we'll never read the books on our shelves but yeah. we just love to hoard and we're hoarding like invisible yeah. things online well, it's, and that's it and you, that? and you think now about something like instagram so instagram people every day are taking pictures and pictures and pictures of themselves their lunch whatever and they put it on instagram 
but they're probably not now buying as many books or they're downloading Kindle eBooks. So they're transmorphing their life into a less physical thing, but they're still they're still creating the museum themselves to apply to it to yeah. a forty thousand terabyte the, cloud drive. And instead of keeping that museum yeah. of hoarding to themselves in their own yeah. four walls, they're putting it out for everyone they, else to come and have a look it, around. It must still create the same weight. I mean, here's one for you. Absolutely. So, same so psychological yeah, way. So yeah. here's one for you. So previously, I have my museum of self at home. I decide it's time for a holiday, so I take a week off. I get on a plane and I fly to Tibet and I meet the most and all powerful monk of Tibet. Okay? I'm in Tibet and I can tell him about I think my that's life. the Dalai Lama, just if we want to put a face to it. Yes. I, yeah, I'm aware. I just was trying to make it just a simplistic thing. I'm just having fun. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, so we go there and you talk no to more people. Fun. You talk to <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit. Uh, yeah. We, we talk to people and you can explain to people about your life and you could even tell them. You could even category list and ages a list of all the things you, you have. And. That sort of like yes, it builds up a picture, but now you're in a position where if everything is on your cloud drive, you do the same thing. You could you could go over to there, and you could show that person like you've got like you've it's like you haven't left anything behind. You've taken everything with you, hmm. so you've had a week off, and now everything, every possible connection, every contact, every picture, everything you ever ever did. Is in your pocket, not yeah, even so in your suitcase. You can suitcase. never be freed from your identity. Yeah, as it's as it's bound up with possessions. You yeah. can never just leave them at home anymore. That's it. And even if even if you log off for a week and don't take your phone with you, it's still out there floating in the ether, like at any point. Yeah, you can use someone it's else's a, phone. Yeah, to it's show such a them different thing. thing. So yeah, yeah, so there's that element to it too. So the precursor to the hard drive, uh, and then. Yeah, the, oh, the other thing I was going to say was the last point as well, was, which was part of yours, is you're quite right in so much as that we, we need to strike that balance between possessions. Now, one thing that, that you've obviously you picked up on in, the, in what you were saying about me and that I was aware of too is that once I got rid of, was starting to get rid of things, obviously as you open boxes and you, you see what's left, what you haven't got rid of, it makes you aware that, that what they are. Now, Something that is is showing through my regular life is my my desire to want to be more uh, creative, maybe draw more. So I, I have that is inspired by my passion for images and art. So now I've put things on the wall because I was aware that I w- I was uninspired, clocking off, coming home to a, a magnolia walled building with no inspiration. So now I've put pictures on the wall of things that inspire me and I've made a point of like almost every week adding another color to it. And I have to be careful not to make it into some kleptomaniac bohemian madness hole. But at the same time, I have pictures now around me on the walls adding color. Like the front of my fridge is covered in little flyers I've picked up from going to gigs. But they're all just textures and colors and and things, and they're not—they're not even there. Just as they're not in there like a picture. And I've not, not done it to say, "Look, I went to a gig last Thursday." Or this is exciting. It's because I genuinely like the artwork on the thing, the picture, the image it produces, and it, it inspires me. So now I have pictures around me of things I've got. I've started putting up pictures now. So the ones that are behind Josh are artwork of some of my some of my favorite recent albums. And part of the reason I like those albums is the combination. I, I did like the music and I like the artist, but. I also love the artwork and it's the package and that's my that's been my my, my problem with CDs always was I love music but I, I even as the cloud music started 
if for the first year of me being subscribed to Google Play, maybe I shouldn't advertise anything like that, but to subscribe to whoever, <laughs> I then was in a situation where that reduced me spending physically, which obviously had a detrimental effect. There are again. other providers of music and online stuff, there are, such yeah. as Spotify and yeah. uh, you know, just a, yeah. an iTunes. Yeah. It's just one of the many platforms you could have chosen, or I could have chosen. Yes. So, yeah, but then it's just, I was still buying CDs at first, because because I, I love like the artwork, the way it's presented, sometimes the cut of the paper they've used, and it's all that, that that's what inspires me. So, so yeah, I, I'd just say like, I think, I, f I think a difference between us is that like, I think something I've been reflecting on is I think you're a much more visual person than I am. So I can completely see why what you just explained about the desire for the CDs would exist. And, and I think in some ways it sort of makes it easy for me to sort of be like, well, I don't have as much stuff on my walls, simply not because I am less addicted to consuming than you, but more because the consuming I do doesn't come in at such a visual form. And and I also feel that like what you were doing in talking about your, the, the thing, the, you know, the images, again, it's very visual, the, the pictures you posted you have on your wall, I feel like you were defending it a bit. And I think that's absolutely right to do that. Of course, you know, I've, I've, we've come at it from almost quite a negative, like, you know, stuff is bad, get rid of stuff. But of course, stuff is also, you know, art. And it, I just, yeah, I just wanted to like, yeah. acknowledge with you that like, mm. I completely agree, like stuff, is also Ooh. good as well and it's just meeting that middle point like so just i i want to confess that you know yeah i have a lot of books and some of them i will keep pretending that i'll read again and i almost certainly won't but i just don't want to get rid of those books because i might have marked them in a particular way that means they may have some value and i think we all have stuff that we want like you know my girlfriend definitely says i have too many guitars i think seven is a perfectly reasonable yeah. amount and not that much but it's just yeah I but guess we it's have. a difference in opinion it's a difference in what she likes she, yeah. she might have seven other things that you have no desire for and you would come in in, in, in retrospect or whatever say to her I, I wouldn't have seven of those and that's just the way it works isn't but, it but I also guess in some ways maybe I was slightly insulting myself because maybe seven guitars is too much when you when no, you make well, it sound like that no but, but then but then you know a thousand CDs is too much so what what, what yeah, do I say yeah. so, so it's, and, just, it's just it's just that middle point yeah and it? the other thing to acknowledge in that too in the positivity is that we need to also remember that many, many of these things that we desire are creative or created by creative people with, with our same desires who would sit at this table with us and heartfeltly make them. It's not all made by the machine or yeah. some dystopian of future or whatever. Yeah, and even that's it. And even like the greetings card company employs a creative person to make cards because they want to sell more cards because that person makes pretty cards. We need to remember that too. That's how we got to this situation. We we're all in this in this machine together. Mm. I guess it's just like uh, you know, every, things do have a value and. It, but I guess it's like saying, how much of that value do you need to express? And at what point does it become like perhaps a sign of, you know, over-reliance on, hmm. on like those devices? Because I think we are stimulated to buy more and you just got to recognise, you know, how much do you need? How much is useful? And, and at what point does it tip over into becoming, you have so much stuff you can't possibly extract the value of that? Yeah. Well, it becomes a thing, doesn't it? You start to find in that, a desire that replaces the desires. So if your day is monotonous, but collecting CDs uh, gives you joy, you'll put effort into collecting CDs. 
So yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I have I have nothing else to say about this. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm quite yeah, happy with the way we unfolded that one. Very nice. So uh, uh, where are we at next? Top points. Was there a particular point I made or you made that really stood out? Well, yeah. Well, I suppose I, I the idea where you pointed out where you allowed us by saying that taking the t-shirts to the charity shop, the gap that that provided. Yeah, really enjoyed that where it went to. Really enjoyed the fact that you linked that to the idea that we can take these things to the nth degree. The fact that we can get carried on on a new train and go off to become some sublime human being, completely casting away everything we ever were. That's amazing. But also, with and, and also, I just want to add because you framing it like that. I think if you experience that desire of like a, you do a little action and you are drawn to the extreme of that action. I think it could, from my own experience, be a symptom that if you found yourself very drawn to that extreme, it, it might actually mean that there's something wrong with the yeah. position you're at, and maybe it's you do need to move closer to the that thing, yeah. not to the extreme. But it just well, it shows you're not at a stable. Think of it place. like a flame. You know, you want to be a bit warmer. Get too close, and you're going to get burnt. You just need to be a bit warmer. So just step a bit closer. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is, so, isn't it? Yeah, you just need yeah. to get a bit warmer. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, and that, but then I also really enjoyed the fact that that opened up the rest of the conversation because I've got to say, when I read the topic, it's something that, as you can tell from both of us and from what I've said, that it's very close to what's brought me over this year to here now. But also, it was something that, because it happened a few months ago, I first thought, oh, it's something we're going to brush the dust off. So I'm just happy that we managed to Consumerism is a biggie. Mm. A big, big, biggie. So yeah, that's why I have it. I really liked your point about you just turned it from we're talking about external things and then you pointed out that with uh, as you know, technology is developing, we now have these collections which are in the ether and they're not physical, but we still carry them around. I think that was just like, yeah, worthwhile point. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I think we're coming to the end. Yes. Uh, we're at the... Recommendations bit. I've got one. Do it. Fire away. I'd quite like to... I'm not one to buy people stuff, as you know. I don't really... You know, I'm quite frugal and stuff. But I read a book recently that I'd quite like to buy you if you're... Yeah. If you'd like... If you'd happily receive a book. It's, I just, just want to mention it. It's like a Herman Hess book. And I've read some Herman Hess before. Um, he's got a... I think his most famous book is called Steppenwolf, but I have not read that. Yeah. Um, but I think he's also got Siddhartha, which is quite famous, a short book which I've yeah. read. And I think he's like his big sort of... Big last work... His number one. The Glass Bead Game, which is which is a great book as well that I've read. But the one I want to get for you is, is called Damien. And uh, I looked up to how to say it. I want to have it... It's, it's, it look, it's spelt in, in a confusing way for people... Who you know are not as clever. Who want to Google it? Like me, but but basically, yeah, I, I had to look at the pronunciation of the book. So I was reading it, and I wasn't sure how to say the main character or the second main character. If you're looking name, for but... it on the internet, type in Herman Hesse bibliog- bibliography and Google down because you might not be able to spell it properly. Um, but basically, it's a great book. It's a, it's, it's a book just about. Uh, it's not like a coming of age novel. It is like a. I think it's classed as like a Bill Bill Dung's Roman is the name of it, and it just basically means like someone's sort of journey of self-discovery and it's just some of this, the the writing is great like Herman Hesse is a great writer but the sort of the insight he gives us into the introspection of this character is just like I think it really I really enjoyed reading it it stood out to me and so I thought like I'd be really interested to get your perspective because I think it's it's got a really 
it just sets up a really interesting relationship between two characters, and it's uh, it, it it's sounds. To, I'm excited. Though. I'm excited that you wish you buy me a gift as well. But I'm also excited. only if it's cheap. I mean, yeah, it'll probably yeah. be secondhand. But. Yeah, fine. Well, just lend me your copy. I can't. It's, it's, it's not. It's not even my copy. It's okay. someone else's. That's why I have to buy it for well, you. Well, it, it just what listen to you talk about it makes me think to myself how, in a similar fashion, is how excited when I first told you about me enjoying Murakami. Hmm. And my excitement for the and absolutely, and his books are also often classed as this Bildungsroman, this yeah. this same niche. Category yeah, which of like is what I thought person's... when you described it. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I just remembered the feelings when I just to briefly go off on about this with reading. When I was younger, I never really used to read. I used to read magazines, but mainly because they're music magazines. So I'd read articles, and that's what I did. So you know, forcefully, I read a few books at school during education. But really, had no interest in, in my most of my life, and then when I was maybe twenty two, and I thought whatever for some reason I was I was somewhere and I came across the book in a bookshop, something about intrigued me, uh, and it, it it literally blew my mind. It, the the wind up book critical just I didn't expect to ever find a book that would pull me in like that. And it's amazing and the, how the many the books are that, like, that do yeah. that. Like, but that, I mean, I've, I've read it. You, read, you gave me yeah. the book and it is it's just absolutely stunning. But I think sometimes we forget with books that like with TV, you sort of always know where the border is or with film, yeah. you know where the border is as to like what's normal. And then if it deviates from that, you go, oh, it's arty. But I find with books that there really is like a range where you can suddenly read a book and go, oh, I didn't realise it was like okay to do this with a novel. Like I didn't yeah. realise you were allowed to tell the story in this way. And it's, yeah. yeah. And in that same vein, if you think about the way, the, the, the way we introduced this podcast to start with in the very first episode and the way we, in so much as that the topic of talking deeply is often frowned upon, opening the box in public is not a good thing, a cool thing to do very often. Yet books are so out there, yeah. like so. That's why I think I didn't read books for a long because at least. I mean, well, no, should, yeah, there no, is still yeah. like a mainstream. Yeah, of books, course, and I'm not there. taking that away. But I mean, yeah, generally, there, the, what I'm trying to get is like that's it. And I think in some ways, partly, not 100, percent but part of the mix of feelings I had towards books was that I, I maybe I thought they were all the hungry caterpillar or something. Do you know what I mean? It's it, but that I read a book like the Warner Burkle, and it was. It was what I'd wind been longing. Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Sorry, yes, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Yeah. Uh, it was something that I really, I, I was just amazed by the fact that it was so. And, this, and similarly, it was by the same novelist, the the Hard Boiled Wonderland. Just the idea that he could physically climb underground into a different don't, world. Don't, don't spoil it. I've not read that one. Yeah, no, it just yeah. just blew me away. But again, it just it's essentially just that how out there books could be, and I was in a world that was. I was fairly constantly told from a young age you had to be careful how out there you could be hmm. to then find at the age of 20 that you could actually be like it was okay to write best down best-selling authors yeah. like, talking about this so people and so I was kind of a little bit maybe maybe I was resentful of the world but I don't know anyway either way but yeah good, good recommendation yeah so yeah so do you want to recommend yeah, something I, I'm going to go rec- music recommendations uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you two and be cheeky just to show you how wild and crazily diverse my music collection is. No, not really, just because the two albums I've really been into, but they're also the slight opposite ends of the spectrum. So a band I saw live in London recently who were pretty stunning. I've liked their... I've only found out them a couple of years ago, but their music is amazing. Uh, I suppose that if we have to genreize things for people who want to know where to find stuff, they fall into the sort of Americana folkish element they're called the devil makes three they are funnily enough a three-piece band from america i can't remember whereabouts in america but they just make 
awesome music. Music that that falls exactly into this conversations category of they question what's going on. They're detrimental about the fact that we, we just need to kind of buck our ideas up about the way we behave. And they're just an awesome band and just really well-written songs. And the new album's one of those albums where I love it when you hear people grow. And at first, you it, it's because they've grown, you, it's harder to get into. So, of course, you put a new album and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. But then because the last album you love so much, it's, it doesn't seem as as easy to get into. But then listening to it for a few days and just absolutely every time now finding a different track and it's just it's just a stunning album they saw them live and they blew me away and they just the album's brilliant so on the other end of the scale my other recommendation is an album by a group called atmosphere which is a hip-hop album by a two-piece from minneapolis i think i was minnesota no it's minnesota apologies minnesota uh there are two-piece uh lyrics by a guy called slug and the production by a guy called ant and they're a band that have been around for years, and in America they've got a big following. They've played, played, played huge arenas recently, like the Red Rocks Amphitheater. And just, it's a hip-hop album, but it's the kind of hip-hop album where if I, if someone came to me and said to me they wanted to explore hip-hop and get into hip-hop, and wanted to understand it, but the way I see hip-hop, so not just going out and buying the chart hip-hop, not just listening to about guns and butter, listening to hip-hop now at times it's dark but not in a in a in a, in a horrible way but it, it's that it's an easy in for hip-hop it's just lyrically it's it's it, it i suppose lyrically it's the same vein as the devil makes three but hip-hop so it's like different beats but it's still questioning of life the question of like am i having a bad day the question of oh i'm having a good day the question about being in love and it's just it's just a brilliant and, and i've liked them there and of course i've just you know they've always been in the background but again it's just one of those things where they, it happened to hit me at the right point. They knew album coming out, so I followed on. Listened to it this morning, yesterday, because it came, came out yesterday. Brilliant album. And so if I was going to recommend somebody to get into hip-hop or understand what hip-hop is from a, a hip-hop point of view, an easy in, an easy one where they can listen to it and relate as a normal kind of music and like enjoy the lyrics, then I'd go with that. So there you go. And it's the album is called uh, Mavida Local, I think. So yeah, there we go. Anyway, nice chatting from me. Nice, that's good. Uh, right, thank you. Uh, remember, comments, suggestions, leave us a rating with your provider, or best of all, just send us an email. But we'd really like to get some emails and uh, yeah, just have a chat. You know, we'll we'll, we'll chat to you if you like. Definitely. J and M deep dot podcast at gmail dot com. J A N D M D E P dot podcast at gmail dot com. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Cheerio.